Welcome back to the Mandarin Blueprint Podcast. This is podcast number 161. My name is Phil Crimmins, and this podcast will be talking uh, about all the comments and questions that came in as per usual, but we also are announcing the release of the first stage of the Upper Intermediate course for lifetime members and people who donated to our GoFundMe. Uh, the rest of the Upper, Interme Upper Intermediate course and the Advanced course will be released uh, at the end of November for subscribers as well. But for now, we're going to preview it for the lifetime members and those who had um, who have uh, donated to our GoFundMe. If you're a subscriber or a full bundle owner, um, you know, a full bundle owner can um, get, we're, we'll offer it at a discount to you to buy the advanced course and the upper intermediate course and we'll send you an email about it. And then subscribers, if you want to, uh, you'll get access to the advanced course and the uh, upper intermediate course as a part of your subscription once it's released. You won't have access to it early like the lifetime members and the GoFundMe donators, but uh, you will have it uh, soon. Now, there's a lot of things to say about this uh, announcement. So the first thing, the intermediate course at the moment ha ends at level 57, character 1,530, and there's about 4,600 words uh, that you would cover if you were to cover every single little detail of the uh, intermediate course. Now, as we've talked about before, it's not actually necessary to read every single sentence that's in the course uh, in your Anki flashcards multiple times and all of that. We do recommend reading everything at least once, at least once in the course platform. But still, the words and vocabulary covered cover through the HSK 3 in the intermediate course, except it falls a little bit short of that. Because if you'll recall, the HSKs were, um, they were, Re, they were renewed and they were given new word lists and new leveling structure in July of 2021. And that was, of course, well after we released the first iteration of the intermediate course. So when we looked at the word list, we found that there were 15 characters and, um, you know, several words that were missing. Uh, if we wanted to say that at the end of the intermediate course, you can pass the HSK3. So we're adding one level to the end of the intermediate course, level 58. It'll include those extra 15 characters. And uh, there's actually about 200 to 250 words or so at the end of level 58. So that's also going to be added there. And level 58 will be released uh, later today, actually. Um, and you'll have so you'll have it before this podcast was out. If you're a subscriber, if you're any, if you own Android Blueprint in any way, you will have access to the intermediate course because uh, that's not the new course that's coming out. It's an additional level that we're adding to the end of the intermediate course in order to satisfy the uh, requirement of reaching the HSK two and three and all the content that are in those by the end of the intermediate course. So that's coming out soon. And, um, as I say, all of it's done, the characters and the, uh, vocab unlocked lessons that include the vocab that you unlock by learning a character and the vocab boost lessons, which are essentially, uh, foundation course characters that, um, create words that are like more medium frequency and in the HSKs two and three. So that will be out soon, and that'll give you uh, a plenty to work on. The level is kind of big, so even if you're uh, already finished with the course, you'll probably be able to spend a few weeks on this level. Now, uh, the upper intermediate course is levels 59 through 67. It gets you to character 2000, and uh, the words we have planned for it will get you to 6,675. Now, creating the 
Vocab Unlocked lessons and the Vocab Boost lessons is a much uh, longer process than creating the order and creating the lessons for the order. We actually have the order already planned out through Character 3050, and our assistants are currently building out the course to uh, you know, fill in the thumbnails and the content and you know, put the keywords there. And then we've also uh, gotten the recording artists to record all the individual characters. So the first release of the upper intermediate course will be levels 59 through 67 characters and uh, pick a prop lessons only. Now, um, these are already the flashcards are all prepared. The flashcards will be presented in the traverse software. So for level 58, that is a part of the intermediate course. And so I will send an Anki deck out for just level 58 for people who are on the course uh, to practice there. Uh, but for levels 59 and beyond, they will never have Anki decks. They will all only ever be presented in the Traverse platform, and you'll get a chance to check those out. And part of the reason that we're only releasing the Upper Intermediate course to the Lifetime members and the GoFundMe donators is because we're still in the beta test period for this Traverse flashcard software. Um, we've made a lot of, uh, of the fixes that many of you have recommended for the vocab boost, close, delete sentences, type flashcards, but we haven't done as much for the characters and the props. And while they function pretty well from our perspective, there's always little things you might miss. And so it's going to serve as like sort of a, a, a beta test slash new release. So for those of you who are lifetime members, and for those of you who donated to our GoFundMe, you'll be getting access to levels 59 through 67, uh, make a movie flashcards and pick a prop flashcards on the Traverse platform, not on Anki. And so that means that uh, you'll have an opportunity to help us fix any little bugs, fix anything that's not working properly. We will certainly be paying attention to it and fixing anything expediently if there are problems. And uh, that way we can roll out Traverse uh, for the entire course after we've gotten your feedback. And so uh, very much looking forward to that. Um, it's gonna allow for things like, for example, you know, we're just going to present the flashcards in the exact order you get them in the course, characters and sentences all mixed together. That's something that's going to happen once we uh, start to move forward. Now, that mostly only affects the intermediate course because in the foundation courses, phases three, four, and five, we present the characters in the first half of the level and then the sentences in the second half of the level. But then in the intermediate course, we start just going, okay, here's a character, here's the word, words that get unlocked and the sentences that you can use with those words. And we have two separate flashcard decks for each thing. So we have like a big flashcard deck for the intermediate course for just the characters and then a big flashcard deck in the intermediate course just for the sentences. On Traverse, we'll be able to break it down into decks for each level and they won't be broken down into two separate decks for characters and sentences. It'll all just be together. And the reason why this is better is because then you can use the learn mode on Traverse which uh, you know allows you to see the character, add the character card to your uh, reviews, and then go through the sentences and make a decision on the spot. Do I actually want to review this sentence or not? Is it important to do so? Is it a proper? Is it a, um, a physical noun like I don't know an apple or something or um, some type of you know like for a snare drum? The the card is uh, you know jingu, and we're like okay, so that's the card for a snare drum do you really need to have the flashcard sentence for that or can you just have like a picture of a snare drum or can you just skip it and so that will you'll have you can make that choice in that moment and then uh continue from that point and since sentences are for sure optional in the upper intermediate course 
it, it's a good way to go about it because you read them at least once. You know, you go through and see them in the flashcards, and then you just say, "Okay, I, I read the sentence, I understood the sentence, but I'm not going to like keep going over it over and over." And the other thing is that the upper intermediate course sentences, when they're out, which they're not out yet, but the upper intermediate course sentences are not going to be closed deletes. They're just going to be sentences that you have a chance to read, and the SRS is just giving you a chance to read them every so often, uh, and then you judge whether or not you understood it, essentially. And if you feel like you don't understand it, then you can uh, you know hit wrong, but essentially, we're just trying to get you as much comprehens comprehensible input as you can. Uh, so that's the idea there, and that will be coming out very soon. So uh, looking forward to sending that to you and getting the feedback from you. So let's go ahead and move into some comments and emails, uh, starting with Richard Ashbrook, who has sent two emails and it was like very uh, interesting feedback uh, about his experience in the course. I believe he's in phase three at the moment. So he said, gents, I meant to reach out last week to clear up the uh, transcontinental click sound that would have sent shockwaves around the globe. That click was that moment when everything suddenly fell into place whilst navigating phase three. More succinctly, I could understand tones, words, and context of an FM podcast that I listened to. Two, I can read Chinese sentences from differing sources. Admittedly, there are some characters I've never seen. However, I could figure out the context nine out of ten times. I was correct. Three, whilst eavesdropping at Chinese restaurants, I could understand not all, but grasp the general gist of the conversation. Even navigating traditional text, yes, someone tried to trick me. <laughs> I could still understand the meaning of a sentence. Awesome. Having said that, all quote-unquote other courses that I've tried in the past, I stopped. Where Mandarin Blueprint differs is keeping the interest level up. Provides the much-needed motivation at low times. Thanks, Phil. Bonus videos are a valuable must. Cultural tidbits within the course provide insight, which I wouldn't have access to. SRS has kept me honest daily. Community engagement is great. Keeps the ideas flowing. Provides different perspectives. And here's the kicker. I know which tone, how to write, read, and speak. Sure, I'm not a native, but I wouldn't be where I am without Mandarin Blueprint. I'm about to embark on phase four today. Who knows? The next email may be in Chinese. Regards, Richard. And then he sent an update email. He said, quick update. I went to karaoke last night with a Chinese couple that I haven't seen for at least 15 plus years. Naturally, they were singing Chinese songs to which, and this is where I'm so excited, depending on the song, I could sing up to 80%. Sure, I'm not at the stage of knowing the meaning as I'm not able to process the meaning, but I could sing. Admittedly, singing the slow songs were easier than the fast. I never ever thought I would be able to do this. Challenge has now been set for our next session to sing an entire song in Chinese, Game on. Regards, Richard. Well, Richard's got a great attitude here, which I love. And essentially, you know, one of the things that happens for people is they think too much about how they what they don't understand as opposed to thinking about what they do understand. So, for example, uh, you know, every now and then you'll get somebody who they'll just wallow in their sadness that they're not perfectly fluent yet, which is, you know, I understand it because you, you have a goal and you want to be fluent. And so you're, when you're not there yet, you feel like, ah, uh, you know, why aren't I there yet? Why, you know, isn't my brain <laughs> different than it actually is? But what Richard's doing here is he's recognizing all the things that have come into place. He's spending his you know, he's, he's taking time to marvel at the fact that he knew nothing before, and now he knows a lot, and he can, you know, understand 80% of a song, or he can read sentences from different, different sources, or understand a podcast that he's listening to, and he's not 
wallowing in what he doesn't understand. He's celebrating what he does understand. And that's that's the much better attitude to have about it because, you know, the the as you go through your life of learning Chinese, there is no time where you suddenly go, yesterday I didn't understand things and now I do understand things. It's always going to be a mix of both. Now, obviously at some point you understand the vast majority of what you hear, but there's still things that you don't understand from time to time. I've been studying Chinese for nine years and I don't understand every single thing I hear. It's just that I can usually figure it out through context, right? Because that's true of English. I've been speaking English, you know, for 30 plus years and I can uh, understand the vast majority of what I hear in English, but every now and then someone says something I don't understand. And like, you know, is it something where I am frustrated? Why didn't I understand that? Why hadn't I learned that? No, I, I don't spend time thinking about that. I think about the things that I've learned over my life, the skills that knowing English has helped me, uh, you know, help me grasp. And that is something to be grateful for. So essentially, Richard is just practicing gratitude as anyone should when you're uh, going through such a such a process. So thanks to Richard, you're a good uh, example for us all. Next, we have Omar Yassin in the community forum. He says, hi all, I feel I can go ahead and introduce myself now as I'm halfway through phase three and it really feels like I can stick with this. I'm Omar, an Icelander living in Canada. I was lucky enough to visit China for a couple of months in 2019, just before COVID, spending time in the northeast and southeast of the country. I was traveling with my partner who speaks some Chinese and got to meet her extended family. I truly enjoyed my time there and I'm looking forward to going there again. Maybe I will even be able to say a bit more than yes, that one and one beer, please. <laughs> Mandarin is the first non-Germanic language. I spend any real time with, and it is a challenge having no frame of reference. I do speak a few Germanic languages, but studying Mandarin is a lot more work for me. I sometimes have those off days where almost all the Anki cards seem to be new. Having those days is demotivating, but going into the forums does help bounce back. I'm excited to be entering the reading phase. In my previous non-Mandarin language studies, this is where I can really feel the difference. I don't think I would have believed myself only a few months ago if I told myself I'd be reading actual sentences in such a short time. Yeah, that's something that, you know, obviously eventually you've learned, you've read enough sentences that you're used to it. Uh, I think that it would be fair to say that um, Oscar, who's uh, one of the, uh, we did a case study with him and he's in the intermediate course right now. He's gotten over his marvel at being able to read sentences because recently he's been complaining that the uh, intermediate course stories are too hard uh, for him. And so he's not, what I would say to Oscar is try to, when you look at the, those, um, stories, try to just understand what, when you look at a sentence and you understand that sentence, like, you know, go, yeah, say, yeah, I understood that. Like, and be happy about it because one of the things that can happen is you go, Oh, there's the thing I didn't understand. And therefore I'm sad. <laughs> and like, it's like, well, that, you know, you will understand that thing later. It's, it's, you know, I know that it's frustrating in the moment if you don't understand something, but later you will, I, I guarantee you, you just got to keep practicing it each day and keep getting the comprehensible input. And so what, uh, Omar is doing here is spending some time, uh, reveling in the ability to understand the basic sentences in phase three. And so that's awesome stuff. Next, we have Ramon on Welcome to Phase 3 Simple Grammar. He says, I'm so proud of myself for getting this far. Although 
I have not been doing it as fast as others might have been doing it, but I'm taking the scenic route. I'm enjoying this journey. I'm very excited for the new phase. Looks like the course is laid out very well. Well done, guys. So yeah, like it's funny. It's always fun in the podcast to go over the diff- people in different stages and recognizing that, you know, look at Ramon here being happy that uh, he's been able to do the characters and vocabulary section. You know, at the beginning of phase three, you haven't even really started sentences yet, but you have learned a lot. You learned how to pronounce. You've learned how to learn a character using mnemonic devices, and you probably have the confidence that you'll be able to do that for all the characters. And you've learned how to put uh, characters together into words, and that is a great achievement. And you don't even really know any Chinese yet from a uh, grammar perspective because you, you're just getting started with that bit, but you're still happy. I love the attitude, and it's great to see that. And uh, there's always a next step. There's always a, a new thing to, to move towards. Next, we have Lynn on Nighttime Beauty, Daytime Witch, which is the and the first paragraph of it, uh, which is from phase five in the stories. So yet another stage of the course where somebody is. And let's see what Lynn says. She says, reading stories instead of random sentences has really cranked up my motivation to a whole other level. I really want to know what happens next. For a moment there, I was just enjoying the content and almost forgetting the fact that I was reading the story in Mandarin. I'm looking forward to the day when I can sit down with a whole book and just read. What suddenly came to mind is that scene near the end of The Matrix when Neo is facing Agent Smith and Morpheus exclaims, he's beginning to believe. Not so many months ago, this text would have looked like nothing but Matrix code squiggles to me, but now I'm having a blast reading and understanding it. Listening is going to take a while still, but it's also getting better. Yeah, great attitude once again from Lynn. And uh, yeah, it really does make a difference when you can start reading beyond just individual sentences. You know, right now uh, we have people writing sentences for levels 59 through 88, which is, you know, all there mostly just to be like an advanced dictionary so that you can have at least an example sentence for each word that you learn. But ultimately what's going to be the bigger project after that is creating good graded content that you read throughout the upper intermediate and advanced courses. Um, and so, uh, that is of course more motivating because you you can always, you try to follow the plot and then if you can follow the plot, then you go, okay, well, great. So I understand, uh, you know, what's happening with the nighttime beauty and the daytime, which, and what's going to happen in the next paragraph. And like, that's just also why we release it paragraph by paragraph. So, uh, great stuff, Lynn. I'm very happy that you're finding that level of success. Next we have Mirko on level 16 complete. He says, great job guys. I have no problem understanding the phrases when I review them in Anki. However, it is a whole different story. When I listen to the audio files only the comprehension rate drops from 95% to about 40%. I guess that is normal at this stage, or is there anything I should do specifically to work on my listening comprehension. Thank you. Yeah. So we've talked about this at length in many different podcasts. So uh, I'll, I'll keep it brief. But the main thing to understand, and that's something that Lynn talked about in her previous comment as well, is that listening always comes last because it gives you the least leeway, right? You know, so when you're reading, you're sort of listening out of time, right? So you have plenty of time to look at what you're uh, writing, look at what's been written down and go, okay, let me uh, take my time to understand this. But when you're listening, it's just in that moment, you either got or you didn't. So it always is the last one to come. But it it everything is improving. Your listening's improving. Your reading's improving. Your uh, uh, writing and speaking are improving because the only way they can improve is by getting more uh, access to the language where your brain is just surrounded by the language in that way. And so part of the reason why we give those audio files is just to get that extra practice. Even if you only understand 40%, you're still 
bathing your brain in the sounds and getting your brain more and more used to the sounds as you know the famous Katsumoto quote you don't learn a language you get used to it and so a big part of the uh, listening to the audio files in the background all day is just getting your brain accustomed to things and increasing the likelihood that you understand because at least you've seen these sentences uh, in your flashcards before so there's a lot of good you know sort of uh, unconscious learning that's happening there. And then to, while still being maybe even 40 to 50% conscious, which is great. Like that's an incredibly large amount for level 16. So it's awesome stuff. Um, you go, you're, you're not doing anything wrong at the moment. Uh, Mirko, you're following the right steps. It's just that there's no way around it. Listening always comes last. So just having that expectation is good. Just keep having the Chinese on. Like that's the best thing you can do for your listening is just never turn the Chinese off if you can, you know, and then another great thing to do with your listening is to talk to people and get into conversations, but it's a bit early for that at level 16, you know, you probably need some more uh, comprehensible input before you'll have much to say. However, a good, what happens I find when you're in conversation with people in real time is that the stakes feel higher because you don't want to like just get lost in the conversation and completely not be able to understand. So you tend to want, you, like your brain tends to, you know, uh, show up for the prime time. Like, you know, it's like the, it, it, your brain will, you know, do better because of the stakes being a little bit higher in conversation. And so that helps with listening as well, but, uh, you're doing everything right. Just keep, keep going. And, uh, yeah, great stuff. I love the attitude of all the comments this week. Kim Thomas on Vocab Unlocked from Jiu. Had a breakthrough here with All I did was read the sentence once, then check below for the meaning of putal. I read the sentence again and immediately understood the sentence without having to translate each singular hence. For me, it's another massive motivational push. Mandarin Bloomer Method, thanks again. And so, yeah, you look at the sentence and you go, you say, Okay, so we don't know what this word is, right? So the Okay, so the red wine is red something made of, right? Right, so what would you think that would be? Well, you know that red wine, your knowledge that red wine is made from grapes is not something that is Chinese provided for you. That's life experience provided that for you. Just, you learned it at some point as a kid that wine is made from grapes. So when you see the sentence saying hong jiu shi hong blank made of zuo cheng de, you go, well, what? I know it's made of grapes, so putao must be grapes. And that's just one of those things that, you know, it's, I'm glad that Kim pointed this out here because it's one of those things where when I'm trying to explain to people that context will teach you it's kind of one of those things that you just feel like you have to have faith in. That's an example of why you can do this and why sometimes as a second language, there are certain things that are easier. Like if you learn the word grapes as a kid, you know, if you didn't know even what grapes were, then when you say wine is made from grapes, you're like, well, what are grapes, right? It's possible as a kid, you wouldn't even know what grapes are. I mean, you probably learned what grapes were before you learned how wine is made from them, but still, uh, Whereas when you're learning a second language, you know all this stuff. You just have to figure out how the Chinese say it. <clears throat> so uh, at least from the, from when it comes to the basics. So this is awesome. All right. We have Melissa on the Living Links logic of Chinese word learning. She says, I love the idea of adding funny to the search to find more outrageous images. Yeah. I was just listening to Penn Jillette talk about this from uh, Penn and & Teller. And 
he was talking about using the mind palace and he said that, you know, the more taboo something is or funny or whatever, but in his case, he was pointing out how uh, taboo things are very memorable, you know, so uh, violent images, sexual images, things happening that, you know, uh, are pretty wild or whatever. They are very memorable. So he will look for, you know, the uh, example of something in when he's learning a new language that will be, uh, you know, like that thing naked or that thing on top of a, a naked person or um, the, the Dominic or I think it was Dominic O'Brien said, the, you know, imagine you're standing outside of your um, your childhood home and suddenly uh, there are 50 naked men with chainsaws running at you. <laughs> like, you know, it's just one of those things that's so memorable because it's crazy and wild. And funny is also true. Like you remember things that are funny. And so if you can find an image and just make it funny, or you can find an image and find a taboo version of that image, obviously we don't ever, you know, do that, uh, share that stuff directly on the site, but it is a tip for if you're searching your own, uh, images. And so, uh, looking for the word and just adding funny or adding uh, naked or adding whatever can give you a, uh, very good, type of picture sometimes just because somebody out there on the internet made a funny version of that idea. So a uh, very good point from by Melissa to emphasize that point. Annette on Google in context, what would you say if you were talking to someone about their brother, knowing they have a brother, but not if it is an older or younger brother? What about someone talking about his twin brother. I know that person is technically either born before or after the speaker, but they are the exact same age. Yeah, I mean, so the first I'll just address the uh, twin thing. Whoever came out first is the Google. It's just how it is here. Like, so even if though they're the exact same age, the one that came out first is Google and the one that came out second is Didi. So there's that. Now the general word for brother is Xiongdi, right? So Xiongdi is the word uh, so if you wanted to ask um, you know about somebody's brother you could refer to it as Xiongdi. now um, and and usually I think Chinese people will just end up asking is is this your older brother or younger brother um, you know and so all you'd say is uh, you know and I would just say is your is your brother older than you and depending on the answer then you know okay it's your it's your Google or Didi so um, you can use Shongdi to refer to brother in general and uh, yeah that's how you would that's how you would do it and uh, like I say at some point you're gonna just end up asking about it at which point you'll know and so uh, yeah, that's how it works. Mirko R on Zhongguo in context. He says, I understand this dialogue when reading it the first time and feel like Lao Tzu himself now. So if you don't know, Lao Tzu is the, uh, you know, sort of mythical founder of Taoism. There's no actual def definite evidence that he, uh, existed, but he probably did. And, um, you know, he's, uh, so, you know, if you feel like Lao Tzu, then you're uh, definitely making a lot of progress. Awesome, Mirko. Oscar on Vocab Unlocked from Zhu. He says, a quick Google search seems to show that gay is by far more common use of Tongzhi than comrade. Yeah, so, I mean, if, for, first of all, yeah, comrade is a bit of a, you know, Soviet Maoist type of word, right? So it's like, since the Maoists sort of have lost a lot of their, uh, you know, it's a, there's a bit of reverence for Mao still, but clearly uh, they've, allowed for a lot of capitalism to come into China since uh, Deng Xiaoping. So 
they don't use comrade as much. But if you are in the Communist Party and you are talking to other Communist Party members, you may use Tongzhi in this uh, way. But Oscar's right. After the uh, end of you know the Maoist era, Tongzhi slowly started to become sort of a euphemism for a gay guy, and it's a particular specifically a gay guy, not a, um, uh, gay lady. So yeah, Tongzhi, um, is, yeah, these days it's sort of kind of that, that type of, uh, usage. Lauren Gathman on Zhuozi in context, she says, is there a difference between shouji and dianhua? Is shouji a cell phone and dianhua one of those more traditional phones? I look at it like this, dianhua is, well, one, it's a phone and a phone call. So uh, the phone, like, you know, I gave him a call, right? So that is um, not the a phone. That's a phone call. So it has that usage, which is separate. But if we're talking about the phones, is like the umbrella term for all phones. And is specifying that it's a cell phone, right? So, uh, or a mobile phone. Uh, you could say to indicate that it's a landline phone. Uh, you know, I don't even think we have that as an unlocked word because they're so rare these days to for people to still have them. But, you know, some people still have them, and that's called a zuoji. Uh, and, again, that's a dianhua. They're both dianhua, but they're just more specified. So they've got the Venn diagram of it. It's like the – well, not a Venn diagram. It's a, the, the dianhua is the big circle, and then within the dianhua are a shouji and a zuoji. Um, so, yeah, that's how that works. And like I said, Dianhua can also be a phone call, and Shouji and Zuoji are not phone calls. They're just the object itself. Annette Bicknell on Zai in context. She says, I see that this it is a verb, bu verb construction, construction and a yes or no question, but why not 可以, 不可以? Why is it 可不可以? Uh, is it only correct in the form of your sentence or can both be used in the omission of the first e? Is simply how people speak. Well, first of all, I'll clarify this right up right up front. Nobody says 可以, 不可以. It's 可不可以, always. So, you know, Remember that kabukai is correct. Now think of it like this. The structure of the word is can ke by means of e. Kai. So like um and usually there's like an implied thing. So like, you know, uh zuo. Uh so you can by means of doing, right? Now it seems a little bit superfluous, but that is the structure of the word. And so if you're thinking of that, can or cannot by means of can ke or cannot bu ke by means of e ke bu ke yi right so that's the way you say the verb bu verb when you're using ke yi you could use it with other words that are like this like ke neng means maybe ke bu ke neng is it possible or not possible right now that's a little bit less common than ke bu ke yi but it's still uh, another way that you can imagine using um the ke bu ke something uh, structure. So that's the answer to that. And thanks to Annette for the question. Next, we have some vocab living links that were shared. So this is, uh, these are things that um, are connections to a word. It's either how the word sounds. So you say the word and it sounds like maybe an English word that you know, and or it sounds like an English phrase you could put together. Uh, perhaps it's just a picture that you strongly associate with the word. Um, there, it could be 
the reference to a movie, or perhaps it could be something where uh, one of the characters sounds like an English word, and the other character, you use the Chinese meaning, and you kind of connect them that way. So there's all sorts of different ways to make living links, and these help you attach what you're learning to something you already know, which is all learning is connecting something to what you already know, and so these are techniques to do that more expediently. So first we have Chad Ressler on Vocab Unlocked from La... La dudes, which is uh, diarrhea. And he says, you have to use Jeff Daniels from Dumb and Dumber for this one. <laughs> I, I agree. If you've seen Dumb and Dumber, there is a scene where he needs to use a toilet very badly and then finds out that he can't flush the toilet after using it uh, from having a la dudes. So that very, very memorable uh, living link there from Chad. Annette on vocab unlocked from e Yi Wei, Yi Shang, Yi Xia. And she says, suggestions that may help trigger ideas for others. If you are an adult, you can buy a lottery ticket, which may allow you to win big money and a picture of lotto tickets. So, sure. So like, you know, sort of may or or can or allow you uh, by means of, you know, sort of, yeah, good stuff there. E-way, a side-by-side photo of Biden and Trump after Biden won and Trump lost the election, but mistakenly thinks he won. <laughs> yeah, sure. Uh, that's obviously, I'm sure that the... <laughs> You know, I've got a Fox News dad, so he would be on the other side of that one. But, you know, nonetheless, though, <laughs> it, it doesn't matter if it's like something that's objective. All that matters is that it means what it means to you. I mean, you know, so it's like kind of uh, that's a good one. I like that. So, you know, that's side by side. Trump thinks mistakenly that he won. And there we go. Isha. One, a stress barometer with the needle at moderate and where lower is better or a mallard duck with ducklings following right below. Yeah, so that makes sense. You can see a classic duck, uh, mother duckling with the, or mother duck with the ducklings and they're right beneath. Yisheng, an image of the Alberta province in Canada. COVID curve currently as the level or higher is a huge problem. Okay, well that's obviously very specific to not just a net, but also the time of when she's posting it, because I'm sure that, you know, this is, this is a, po- a comment that will last for many years. So uh, as of 2021, then that's uh, relevant, but sure, that can work. And two, an image of a scientific paper with a diagonal stamp saying the above mentioned added in a PowerPoint and made into a photo. It is a phrase I've read many times in science texts. So fair enough. Yes, that's definitely the, as the above mentioned, yi shang de hua. Song Tan on Vocab Unlocked from Xi Dongxi and Xi Bian. My Mandarin tutor told me that this that in the old capital, Xi'an, the markets to buy things were located in the east and west gates. Yeah, a lot of ancient cities are like that. You have the gates, you have um, sort of markets. In Chiang Mai, Thailand, there's a, a big market at the south gate um, every night, and then once a week, there's uh, markets that run to the East Gate. And so, uh, yeah, the East Gate. And so that was pretty, I enjoyed that the few times I've been to Chiang Mai. And so similar in Xi'an. Keith Evans on Vocab Unlocked from Lo, Lo Shang, and Lo Xia. He says Lo Shang. This meaning seems pretty straightforward, but to help remember character order, when starting down Lo, Lo, you need to be strong Shang. To make it all the way upstairs, inspired by your low shot. <laughs> yeah, I like that. It's good creative thinking because, you know, we used to, we, in English, we'll say upstairs, which would be like shanglo, which actually is a word in Chinese. It means to go upstairs. 
Shang Lo means to go upstairs, but Lo Shang is the noun upstairs, right? And so is Lo Xia is the noun downstairs. So I like that he's thinking that to try to come up, make sure you have the uh, correct word order there. Keith Evans on Vocab Unlocked from Zui, Zui Hao. At Sears, many products were offered at ascending price levels with their qualities was labeled good, better, best. That's also the slang. And then there's also the slang mo better. So yeah, absolutely. I, re I think I actually remember that from Sears. That's bringing me way back because I don't, I don't think Sears has been around for a while. Carrie Woods on Vocab Unlocked from Sui, Sui Shi. And she says, I used a picture of a 24 hour shop here. I sometimes struggle for pictures so I thought I'd share. Yeah, a 24-hour shop, absolutely. That's a good uh, representation of sui shi because, uh, of course, sui shi means a you know, 24-hour shop is a place where you can come at any time, sui shi. Uh, so that's awesome. A uh, great one from Carrie there. That's it for this week's Mandarin Blueprint podcast. A reminder, the uh, intermediate course, level 58, uh, by the time you hear this, has been released, and the levels 59 through 67 either has been released or will be very soon uh, for the lifetime members and the people who donated via GoFundMe uh, to our uh, advanced course GoFundMe uh, campaign. So thanks to those of you who contributed and uh, head over to mandarinblueprint.com to learn more about how the Mandarin Blueprint Method can get you from knowing nothing about Chinese to fluency and literacy in the fastest time possible on the internet. So we'll see you next week.